0: 36 podcast. This is episode four. It's been a minute since we have come on the podcast um, and so much has happened. So much has happened just in the past few months. So let's see. Brief recap. Um, we're still in a pandemic, so there's that. Um, but now we have two vaccines um, and Things aren't moving as quickly as we had hoped with rolling out the vaccine, but slowly people are starting to get vaccinated. Um, People stormed the Capitol, so there was that. Donald Trump was impeached again, so there was that. Joe Biden was sworn in as the president, president officially, um, and it's been a week since he's been in office. and. A lot has already happened even on that end. So, so much has happened, but I'm glad you guys are still here with us, sticking around, going strong. I know things just have been so rough and crazy and all over the place this past year. So, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, We have a great interview coming up with Leticia Mungia, and I hope you guys enjoy. So now... Let's get to the interview. Okay, joining me today, I have a returning guest, my first returning guest, um, Leticia Mungia. Um, she is joining me today because she is running for public office, which is awesome. So first, let's start with um, which office are you running for? And then can you go ahead and give us a little bit of your background?
1: Yes, thank you, Deisha. My name is Leticia Mungia, and I'm running for Assembly District 79 here in the city of, of San Diego. I will tell you that Assembly District 79 represents about 12 small communities that surround um, from the lowest possible part of the county, which is Otay Ranch. Then you go up to Spring Valley, La Mesa, Lemon Grove, Allied Gardens, Sara Mesa, Linda Vista, and all across the 805 and the five freeway, which is the top overlay that has created this opportunity to represent Assembly District 79.
0: So tell us a little bit about um, your background.
1: So um, I've been, and I'm, you know, right now, I'm thankfully uh, really blessed to work with ASME District Council 36. I've been in the labor movement for about 17 years. Uh, working for not only community colleges, K through twelves, and now municipalities, um, I'm honored and humbled to be bargaining on behalf of working people, working families that are the that are the the backbone of our cities. And um, I decided to run after being involved on the community, seeing how our communities need representation at the state level to ensure that resources are. E- Fully distributed. And I will share with you that most recently in 2020, uh, the inequities of resources and access to disparities in our communities are very, have become like clearer. The light has been shined on the fact that there's certain communities that are getting much more resources than some of the communities that have been heavily hit with COVID, high levels of unemployment. In some instances, our communities have been laid off in disproportionate numbers right now we're in the process of distribution of the vaccine and where people have access to the vaccine uh, it's very uh, clear to me that um, we have to advocate to ensure that our communities of highest need are represented and that there's a strong advocate one of the things that you will know about me uh, my background is I've been in community organizing. I've been mobilizing communities and workers for well over 30 years. I grew up in Southeast San Diego, to be specific, the Mount Hope community. And I'm very proud of the fact that I've worked myself to a position where uh, I benefited from public education. I went to San Diego City College, I went to San Diego State, and I wear my alma mater very proudly because as a poor, kid growing up in Southeast San Diego, I know what it takes to do hard work. I'm dedicated. My work values reflect the values of our community. When you look at assembly district 79 it's a mirror of California. And I am blessed to be able to not only enter this race, but be able to uh, hopefully not only get through the primary, but also be successful in the general election.
0: So what Made you want to run like, how did you like finally make the decision. Okay, I'm going to do it. Like, how did you get to this point. Uh, great question. So w- today. Uh, thank you, Dacia,
1: for this opportunity to be interviewed today for our nation, our United States of America. Uh, today is a historical day for all of us. January the 20th, we had the opportunity to change the presidency of the United States to our new elected president joe biden and our vice president kamala harris it's a wonderful day i stand here before you wearing a a, a, a bright red dress and pearls because i stand in unity with our vice president kamala harris and because of her and because of this leadership work that that is is on foundations of so many um, we're able today to bring in a new white house that will hopefully take our communities to a place where we're coming together as one working together as one and problem solving through this pandemic as one Um, how i decided to run is um when kamala harris won the vice presidency that opened up a seat at the senate level and that's when Alex Padilla was identified as the person nominee to replace that position. Thereafter, uh, Governor Newsom announced that he would be appointing the very first African American to lead our Secretary of State position. And I will be I will share with all of you that uh, Dr. Shirley Weber was one of my professors when I was at San Diego State, and she is. She is a wonderful teacher, mentor, advocate. Um, Her ascension to the Secretary of State by this appointment uh, created an opportunity that her seat was going to be left vacant. And so I I have to tell you, looking at the the vacancy in the Assembly District, having come from the community, living in the community there today, i represent the values of working people i represent the values of labor i represent the values of public education i have worked hard to ensure that our communities are all represented and have a voice at the table so assembly district 79 uh, can be represented and also that we move forward together a bridge builder somebody that's able to heal our communities through this most difficult time that our nation has faced Through the pandemic through the unfortunate passing of george floyd and also um brianna taylor our change our country has forever changed but is what we do with this opportunity to make us stronger and acknowledge that we have a future that we need to embrace what's happened in the past but move forward together is critical and i believe that my my Having grown up in Southeast San Diego, my experiences that I have had and my commitment to, my commitment in advocacy for working families is what drove me to decide to run. And um, after talking to many people um, and seeking guidance in this decision, I stand here resolute and letting you know that I know that I have the commitment to advocate on behalf of the assembly district to make sure that our priorities of the different communities that I that I shared with you earlier, that their interests at the core of what we do is what I'm gonna be advocating for. To make us stronger, to kind of bring us together as a communities and making sure that the assembly district moves past this most critical time of our history and make sure that we come, come out of this stronger uh, that our economy turns around because of all the impacts that we've had to endure for the last for the last year.
0: Yeah, and I I know that you'll be a a great person for like working families and your community. Because of everything that you just said and just knowing like how you operate people who work with you just know that you are just a great person who is willing to go to bat for your community and the people that you, you know, could potentially be serving. Um, So that's amazing to hear. So what exactly is on your platform. I know that you fight for working families. So what exactly, you know, do you plan to do to help those families. With you, um, I will break down my my priorities. Although they're not the only ones, what I have seen
1: uh, right now of greatest need is our healthcare system is overtaxed because of our current COVID nineteen pandemic that's impacting us all. So my biggest concern is healthcare access to healthcare and making sure we have access to the vaccine. And also that it's fairly distributed in where we have the highest communities of need. And that we have a process that is expedited in distribution. So healthcare is my priority. Educational resources is my priority as well. I know right now, a lot of the school districts across the state, as well as our community colleges colleges here in San Diego, are being, being, uh, they're having to decide whether or not they're are going to be able to reopen the schools for presence learning in february and i will tell you that i do not believe that it's not only not safe uh, because of the status of the vaccine and whether or not it's going to be it's going to be available to all of the students all of the teaching staff all of the classified staff and all of the administrators but more importantly our parents of our families and i think that For us to be able to reopen, we need to do a safe reopening of all of our schools and all of our industries, until we have a better handle on the COVID vaccination and implementation into our communities. I really believe that educational resources and funding is gonna be a critical priority for me as well, um, because uh, without having safe safe homes and safe families and safe children, it's an, it's, it, we don't have stability in our homes, and so for me, that's a real important component to the work that lies ahead. Number three, I will say it's a twofold approach for me. It's not just the economy, but it's also jobs. Uh, what, ha- what happened in 2020 with the pandemic impacted our communities. There were massive amounts of layoffs, and so with the layoffs, has it's created a deficiency of positions. Where do people go work? And I will tell you, um, as a local example, I'm going to give a shout out to Unite Here Local 30 in San Diego. When I met with the president, Bridget Browning, she shared with me at, at the beginning of the pandemic, that February of 2020, there were 6,000 members strong. Today, they have less than 1,000 members working. Wow. That is the impact of tourism in our community here in San Diego. And we're able to operate with what's called the TOT tax. When we don't have conferences, when we don't have visitors coming to stay the weekend or come for the week for conferences, our economic surplus is being drained out of our communities, the small, the mom and dad coffee shop, the restaurant, the taco shop, even our food carts are being impacted because you can't actually see food, food food carts at the corner anymore as we used to, right? Some of our businesses are having to reduce their service hours. Some of them are completely only on a takeout basis. And it's really not the same than when you can go and enjoy and break bread with your family. If you're able to do that, that's not happening any longer because our economic, our economic impact has been really broad. So for me when i look at the economy for me it's jobs making sure that our communities that have the highest level of unemployment uh, uh, unemployment insurance that we actually have enough money to give families that are that are working that are waiting on their unemployment um, contribution every month uh, that um, there's people today who are on unemployment benefits and they have not been able to recover and I will say this so it's the economy jobs unemployment benefits making sure we get those to the families that are in highest need and lastly it does not go unbeknownst to me that it's very clear to me that our families that are living check to check are having difficulties being able to pay for rent or their mortgages and so i strongly support the biden plan to ensure that we have mortgage relief and rental assistance relief. And that is for everyone who's in the spectrum of economic uh, deprivation since the COVID hit. People, some people haven't gone back to work. There's multiple people living in an apartment because again, we're trying to uh, forego homelessness and impacts already that are already impacting a system that's already, already barely surviving. And there's very limited resources. Uh, Just before the opportunity to connect with you, Daisha, we had a member come in asking for, um, they're facing food shortages. We have seen more food shortages in our local than we've ever seen before. And that's because folks are being stretched, right? Dollars are being stretched, money's being stretched, right? And so I will say that, you know, another piece of my platform of why I'm running is because today with the resources that we have, that the state offers us, we need to be able to retrain the the jobs of the future. We, We need to prepare our community colleges and our universities to ensure that our students that are currently enrolled, even though they're doing online learning, that they're actually investing in learning of careers and or trades that are gonna provide them an income a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, are we building an economy? Are we building careers to build an economy that is going to sustain their next career post COVID? Right? And I really believe that we have to think outside the box about what industries are going to be available for the folks, just like I shared with you, the 5,000 members that are currently unemployed that used to be helping our ecotourism our hotel industry our culinary program where are we going to look at making sure we are creating educational pathways and also job job opportunity pathways for uh, the workers that have been displaced and so uh those are for example my four top priorities that i can see um are in critical need right now that we need to be able to have somebody ready to problem solve and being able to move this, um, our work forward in the years to come in the immediate future.
0: Yeah, and I think that a lot of industries, companies, municipalities are, are thinking of those things, right? Like how, this is not something we ever saw happening. So now they're gonna be planning for the future just to try and make sure that this never happens again and hopefully it doesn't but you know it's definitely it's it's making a lot of people adjust their lives in a way that they've never had to do before so yeah those are some some really great ideas um if i may add Disha, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Something,
1: something you just said that to me reminded me of something that i'm um today we celebrate um president uh biden i think that As we create the pathways forward, we have to make sure that we look to data and to science to guide us. Um, Yesterday, uh, sadly, um, you know, my prayers go out to all the families that have lost a loved one to COVID-19. We all have known friends, families, co-workers, parents of co-workers, and my heart goes out to them because the reality is that if the leader that was in office at the time could have taken note and directed resources to assessing what was already put on the radar regarding this pandemic, um, I truly believe that less families would have been hurt, less folks would have passed away. Um, I believe yesterday it was, um, the number was over 4 million, right, that were impacted by the loss and to me i just want to share with you that i duly believe that for us to make clear decisions today we got to analyze data talk to the experts provide resources based on pathways that will give us safety and being able to create um you know create an environment of safety for our folks that have been most impacted and um just to be brief i really think that many lessons have been learned in 2020 and it needs to make us stronger as we move forward together in 2021, um, we've made it through some more difficult times in our history and this is our opportunity to come together as a community that will take us, um, not only move us forward to 2021, but make us stronger and having learned from what we just experienced together as a community.
0: Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, so, how has this entire process been like for you? This, Because, you know, running for office is not easy. Um, I know it's a lot of hard work, and then doing it in a pandemic is an added layer of just, you know, stress and just so much more. So what has this, you know, process been like for you so far? Well, I will tell you, um, having worked in the labor movement,
1: I've been very proud to work alongside so many other current elected officials that we help get elected. And so for me as a staff member, very proud of the work that I've done, um, seeing how they have um, how they have not only been a candidate, but been elected. Um, now I put myself in the shoes of being the candidate and um, it's it's uncharted p- pattern for me, it's an uncharted path, right? So every day brings a new, a new lesson learned um, it gives me solace to know that I'm, I'm I'm creating a voice for working families in the district that I now live in and for me it's an opportunity to share my message regarding um, you know being a voice uh, being a voice and being able to create awareness about how it how running for office impacts us all in different ways but it also provides an opportunity to share our story and I Start with you today. As somebody who was raised in Southeast San Diego, somebody who took the benefit of public education, I'm thankful. I recognize my blessings every day. Uh, The goal is try to reach the voters, get your message out. Um, Fundraising is critical. Um, Without being able to have resources, you can't get your message out. And I will tell you, in a COVID setting, just like you mentioned, Daisha, there is. Uh, there's no there's limits on our ability to reach voters so it's all via digital media uh it's all through email communication it's all through text messaging um ideally this campaign cycle is 90 days and so uh we're looking at being creative and how we get our message out you know uh, my name is leticia munguia and it's not like an easy name to remember if you haven't seen it or heard it before and so having creating a network of um, friends, campaign supporters, who then tell their friends and their neighbors and their community about why this is an important race for them to be involved with. Um, To me is, you know, the challenge that lies ahead is to getting the message out, but I embrace it. It's what fuels me to be better for our community and being able to be an advocate is a, is, is very humbling for me. And I take, real pride in being able to speak up on behalf of working families that I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been to have had these experiences, but I'm very proud to share that um, I like to talk about what I'm experiencing and being able to uh, create a path for others that come behind me or by my side.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, the, you know, typically there are like town halls and events like that. Are, have you been doing anything like that to kind of reach the voters? So
1: yeah, great question. Um, I'm very eager to do so. I have invitations that are mostly lined up commencing early part of February. I think February 3rd is my first one. Um, they're doing them all on Zoom, on online platforms. Uh, I believe uh, one of them is on YouTube video and I think it's gonna be recorded live Uh, Those are all new like platforms for me, you know, as being a community organizer on the ground, you know, we're used to mobilizing people to go to a, like, um, uh, you go to like the, the auditorium at a school or like the little theater at the college or like a community rec center, right? but now everything is an online platform. None of them have been noticed as in-person, but there are forums with all the other candidates that are considering running for the seat. Um, and that list continues to change on a daily basis, but I'm committed to the process. I gave, you know, my immigrant mom, I, I talked to my mom, Marielena, and I told her um, that I had this opportunity to run for office and my mom, back in my early ages, was working up and down the state of California as a migrant uh, farm worker. And I said, Mom, we have an opportunity. And notice I use me, right? Because it's never just about me. It's a community of us. Um, and I've always made it sure that my voice was echoing what I know on my community, my members, my family, the folks I represent at the table. Um, And I shared with her, Mom, I have an opportunity to do this. What do you think? And she's like, Leti, is this something you really want to do? And I said, yes, Mom, I wanted to do this because it's important that we have a voice at a table where we've not been before. And she says, I'm with you. What do we need to do? And there we go. We're off and running, Daisha here we yes.
0: are That's such a great story it's always important to have your family and your friends behind you 100 so it's good that you have that good you know system to support you and be there for you because yeah i know being a politician it can be rough sometimes so ooh, it's so rough, it's just <laughs> so, so rough. <laughs> good good that's good um so then say you know if you were able to go out into the community or even during a town hall, and you're talking to the people, um, if they said, hey, why should I vote for you, right? What would your response be?
1: Uh,
0: great question,
1: Deisha. For me, it's this. I bring to you a varied set of experiences, um, 30 years of being a community organizer, a labor negotiator, being able to fight for the core things that matter to working families. Um, being able to bring home uh, a check that allows you to not only pay your bills, but to be able to afford for um, an extra tank of gas, an extra opportunity to spend another day with family, uh, being able to have that extra income that some folks don't have. I think for me, what's important is that every day, I, I will bring my dedication, my commitment, my, my values that mirror the values of working people. Um, that's my commitment to the advocacy of the work that I've done previously, but it's my commitment to the residents of Assembly District 79, that we will be stronger together. We will be able to not only heal from what we've experienced through COVID-19, But it's an opportunity for us to regenerate, regenerate ourselves and reimagine our future as a community um, with a stronger economy, with a safe return to schools, with addressing our ability to address the unemployment rate and offer our families the unemployment benefits that they greatly need and ensure that our families have shelter over their head where they lay their head down every night and that, um, and that we create jobs of the future those are all critical pieces that i believe uh, I know that the community um, look forward to having in a representative in the assembly and i'm thankful for the opportunity to not only run but to also hopefully be elected to this uh very critical position in representing the values that mirror California and mirror the assembly for the for the assembly district 79
0: I will say that one thing that in my opinion sets you apart is the fact that you are a community organizer meaning you've been in the community you've spoken to a lot of people you've interacted with interacted with a lot of people so you know what they want and you know what they need and that to me is very important in a in anybody who holds public office is knowing what the people they want represent need so I think it's definitely a great experience to have and uh, Sets
1: you ahead of any of your competitors, hopefully. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Deja. I know that our, I know that our community, health care, the economy, education, having a, a safe place to return at home, addressing our homelessness issues. Uh, being a community organizer, I take really pride in being able to be connected on the ground, helping families as best we can. Um, and I know that that's the commitment that I bring in representing. Um, the residents of assembly district 79. If I'm uh, hopefully earned their support on election day, it's important to me to stay uh, true to the values that my parents instilled in me and that we move our families forward in this coming 2021 uh, fiscal year.
0: Absolutely. So then how can people support you? If they want to support your campaign, you as a candidate, how can they do that?
1: Thanks, Deisha. So go to my website. I'm so excited to say that my website launched this morning. Yay! Congratulations. So thank you. So my website is www.leticiamunguia.com. And so what I will say, Leticia, it's L-E-T-I-C-I-A, Mungia is M-U-N-G-U-I-A, and it's .com. Uh, please sign up to be a volunteer. I welcome any contribution you can give, it could be as little as $5, $10. This is a grassroots campaign. I'm committed to advocating on behalf of the residents of assembly district, but it doesn't matter where you live in California or even actually across the country. (laughs) Definitely donate and help me continue to echo the needs of our community and making sure that, um, as we continue in this campaign, all the resources are welcome. I urge you, please contribute whatever you can. Um, You can contribute right online. You can actually sign up to be a volunteer, and you can also leave me a comment if you have a policy recommendation. I want to hear from you um, right on the website, www.leticiamunguia.com. I thank you for allowing me to share my message. I urge your consideration of support for my campaign, whether it's through a donation, a contribution, or your ability to maybe make some phone calls. I welcome all of that. And we have 90 days to make sure that we come up at the top of the polls. And I'm counting on every one of you listening and my family, my community, and all the volunteers that have already told me that they're with our race, that um, that we're victorious on election day. So thank you for your opportunity to talk with you today, Daisha.
0: Yes. So wait, when is election day? When do people need to get out and vote? Oh, so this is
1: a great question. So with with all of the different changes in our country today, right? uh, Go Biden, go Harris, go Dr. Weber to Secretary of State. We're waiting on the governor, Governor Newsom, to designate the day of the special election. So that's to be determined. That will allow me an opportunity to maybe connect with you again and let you know that day is, because as of today, as of the time that we got on the call, there was no designation for the special election, but it will be set soon. I don't know when we're waiting on Governor Newsom to uh, swear in Dr. Shirley Weber as the Secretary of State, and thereafter, the seat becomes vacant, the seat becomes vacant, he will then issue a special election, and after that, we'll have 90 days to start running, and I got my new pair of tennis shoes ready to start. (laughs) in and start talking. (laughs) That's
0: so good. Okay. That's amazing. I know that you're going to have a great campaign and I hope everybody goes out and votes for you because I know that you will do awesome. So thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to share your message with all of our listeners. So thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Daisha. We'll let you know the 90 days when that election will be. Every vote matters. So remember, if you have a neighbor a friend that lives in Assembly District 79, remember, ask them to vote for Leticia Munguia for the assembly. And I'll be there representing our values.
0: Thank you so much for joining me for episode four of the Council 36 podcast. Thank you to my guest Leticia for joining me. Make sure you go out and you support her campaign. Visit her website, LeticiaMunguia.com. That's L-E-T-I-C-I-A-M-U-N-G-U-I-A.com. And we'll see you next time.